Good morning. Just um, kind of on a, as the kids are making their way out, on a personal note, <laughs> I am, um, I'm really, you know, it's Thanksgiving, I'm really thankful for this church family. Um, you know, I preach every few months, and every time I do, people just in the morning before and leading up to it come up to me and say that they've been praying for me and um, are just kind and saying that they look forward to hearing me preach. And, you know, I just, it means a lot to me, you know. Um, so, you know, as th- as we're headed towards Thanksgiving, I'm, I'm really grateful for this church family. So, I mean, that's just one very practical area that it's impacted me personally, but there's so many reasons that Cultivate is an awesome family to be part of. Um, it is really, hopefully you all are experiencing this uh, loving family that God's placed here. Um, it's been about five years since my family and I started attending Cultivate or, you know, attending uh became part of the family and uh, worshiping with you. Um, and probably every year that I've been here, I've heard a series, sermon series, on our gospel identity. Um, I, I'm assuming that ever since the church started, that that's been a yearly thing. Um, and that, I think that's a really unique thing for a church to do. Um, at least in, in my experience, it's this continual reminding of who we are in Christ. This always kind of reorienting ourselves back to our real identity of who we are in Jesus. And today's message is the third of this series, the year become an annual series. Um, the first series that Jay preached on two weeks ago was our identity is as beloved children because of the Father. Last week, Pete spoke on our identity as disciples because of Jesus. And today, I get the privilege to talk about our identity as missionaries because of the Holy Spirit. Um, and this one... You know, if if I had to choose one of the three, I would probably choose this one last. I feel most, um, I don't know, um, I don't know if insecure is the right word. It's probably not. But I feel like this area of my identity is one that I, I, I'm always kind of like wrestling with personally. And I guess that's a good thing. And God's kind of always working in my life. But, like, if I had, like, results, you know, like, real results on a piece of paper, and it was, like, looking at where my where I'm doing, I don't know, doing well with these things. It's probably, again, not the right terminology. But I feel like the missionary identity is the one that I'm always, like, kind of lagging. I'm always kind of 
wishing for more, wishing for more fruit in my life for this. And I don't know, I, I, getting the opportunity to preach on it, I, I've learned a lot. It's humbled me. Um, kind of, again, reoriented my thinking and my uh, understanding of who I am because the Spirit lives in me. So this was, you know, I, I don't know how, what God will do with these words today for you, but for me it was, it was really humbling. Um, it was really, at the end of my preparation, um, just felt like a, a, a real dependence on the Spirit to work in my life in this area. And I think that's where God wants me. I think that's where God wants us. Um, so we're going to look at what it means to be a spirit-empowered missionary today. And the main idea that we're going to look at is that we are missionaries. That is our identity. Um, we have the spirit of God in us so that we might be empowered just as Jesus was. We are as missionaries filled and anointed by his spirit. We are sent by Jesus to tell the world who he is and what he has done. Now, I think everybody here has been part of Cultivate for a certain amount of time, an extended period of time. So you know that when we use that word missionary in Cultivate, we're not talking about people that are in a different country or talking only about people that are in a different country outside of our cultural context, preaching and teaching and sharing the gospel. When we use that term missionary, we're talking about ourselves. We're talking about the fact that we are sent ones. When we are filled with the Spirit, when we are born into the family of Christ and given the Holy Spirit, the mission of our life changes, should change. It changes from one where we are at the center to one where Christ and the gospel is at the center. And we are to be disciple makers sent out in whatever context God places us in. It might be right here in South Jersey. It may be in another country. But missionaries are not in our context, in our definition, not a specialized segment of Christianity. It's not just a group of people who leave their home and go preach the gospel in a place that hasn't heard it. That's necessary. We need that. But missionary is fundamental to who we all are when we claim Christ. We are sent ones. And we're sent to proclaim the good news the gospel of Jesus. I have a quote for you from uh, Charles Spurgeon. I always like when I get a chance to work Spurgeon into a message. Uh, This quote is from 1873. Um, And I'm going to ask you um, for your thoughts on this quote in a minute. Um, You've probably heard versions of this. I'm sure Jay has used a snippet of this quote before when he talks about, uh, he's talked about our missionary identity. I've heard it used other times as well. But I just want to see what you think about this. 
Um, this is kind of the full context, well, the fuller context of a quote that you have probably heard before. Um, it says, every Christian here is either a missionary or an imposter. You either try to spread the kingdom of Christ or else you do not love him at all. It cannot be that there is a high appreciation of Jesus and a totally silent tongue about him. If you know Christ, you are as one that has found honey. You will call others to taste of it. So, my, my first question, I have two parts to this question. What's your initial reaction to that? Like, on a, on a very human, emotional, base level, you hear that quote. How do you feel? What's your reaction? What do you think? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So it kind of, um, I get that. I, I kind of, yeah. Yeah. And I can kind of get that that initial reaction is maybe like, ooh, that's, yeah. Like, I'm like, I'm not there yet. At least for me, that's kind of where I, I'm at. Any other thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of, it connects well with my second question with this. Um, where this quote, for me, and I think for maybe a lot of us, it, it might shine a light on an area that we need growth. Um I, I can identify with that, uh, with what all three of you said, where when I read that, I'm like, oh my goodness, like, I've, I can say, yes, I've found the honey, right? I've, I love Jesus. I love the grace and mercy that he gives to me. That I that you were talking about. And then I think, have I turned around and, and brought others to that honey? And I feel like that's where it stings for me. So when we think about that, and some of you may not have had that, you know, kind of convicting response to this quote. Some of you might be like, yes, amen. That's, I agree. Like, that's where I'm at. That's, God is working that quote in my life right now. And I'm, if that's your response, that's wonderful. Um, but what, if we're going to make this a reality, and again, Spurgeon's words are not gospel. Um, he's, he's teaching people an important concept of truth that we'll see today. But if we're, if we're going to live like this, what do we need? What do we have to have? Because if it points to I... If it's just like, I'm deficient, I need to do better, I need to step up. That's not the gospel. That's not what being empowered by the Spirit is, right? So what do we need? If we're going to move forward in this, what do we have to have? Yeah. God's love and and, and a... A daily, deep understanding of God's love, I think. Not I think, I know. Like, it, 
if if we claim Christ and we don't understand his love in a personal way, we are never going to be motivated to share Jesus with other people. Right. So, yeah, you're, you're kind of pointing to the interconnectedness of all these, these three sermons, these three uh, aspects of our identity, right? If we are going to truly be missionaries, sent ones for Christ, then we have to understand who we are as God's children, and we have to understand who we are as disciples of Jesus, you can't separate all of these things. They're, they're locked in together. Um, what else? Any other thoughts about what we need? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, it's a, there's a humility here that I think we're going to see today that's required for this missionary identity. And I think for all of these, you know, as beloved children and as disciples, there's humility, you know, it's kind of um, different sides of humility that we look at. But if humility isn't there, you know, if we don't have that attitude of I'm stepping aside or um, dependence on the Spirit for this part of our identity, I think we're, we're just kind of spinning our wheels. You know, ultimately that's what we're going to be doing. Um, the, thing, the thing for me that I left when I read this and has been my prayer as I've prepared this is I, I need a power that is not my own a power that I cannot generate on my own. Never. Um, A source of strength, a source of knowledge, a source of giftedness, too, uh, that I could never create on my own to be able to live out being a missionary. And that's what we're going to look at today. Um, three aspects of what the spirit-empowered missionary life looks like. So I want to be clear at the onset of this when I say, like, these things are a result of being empowered by the spirit. The three things that we're going to talk about are a result of the spirit being filling us, working in our lives, being the driving force of who we are. This isn't a sermon where I'm going to give you three things and say, do better at these three things, and then you'll be a good missionary. That's not depending on the Spirit. So what, what this really is, you know, we, when I looked at this and, and said, you know, here are the results that Scripture gives us that we'll see in our lives when we are empowered by the Spirit. When we want to be empowered by the Spirit, the key thing that we need to have in our lives is submission. Is a heart that kneels before God and says, 
I cannot do this. Absolutely no hope whatsoever. I cannot accomplish this mission that you've sent me on without your power. Without your spirit living, thriving in me, filling me, motivating me. I can't do it. So that's kind of like, if if you see these three points and you're like me and you're like, ah, you know, I, I don't have that. Or I'm weak in that area. It's not do better in this thing, these things. It's submit. It's humility. It's falling on our faces before God and saying, I want to be part of your mission. I want to reach others with the good news. I want to proclaim Christ in any area of my life, every area of my life. But I cannot do it on my own. I cannot do it without your power. That's what this heart of a missionary is. That these things that we'll look at today start to come to the surface, start to be displayed in our lives in a real way. Um, and the, the, there's a common thread here that I, I want to also um, talk about briefly. These three things, the, the common thread through each three of these, or, or each of these three points, is prayer. It, it might go without saying, but it shouldn't go without saying that prayer is the common thread throughout these three things. And with each of these points, I'm going to try to give you a practical way to pray through this. That we can not just like sit here and say, man, I failed at that, or I'm not good at that, but where we hear the truth of Scripture and maybe are convicted by it, maybe we're reassured by it, maybe we're um, empowered by it, hopefully. But if we're not praying through these things... It's if there's if prayer's not a, an element of our lives as followers of Jesus, this is impossible. This kind of life as a of a missionary, as a sent one of Jesus Christ, it's impossible if there's no prayer. It's there's prayer has to be there. This has to be the common component. This has to be the primary thing in our lives where we are constantly listening and talking to God. And we, we just cannot be missionaries without that. Um, so the first thing I want to look at um, is in Romans chapter 8. If you want to turn in your Bibles there, you can. We're kind of be jumping all over the place today in our Bibles. But a spirit-empowered or spirit-empowered missionaries die to self. That's the first thing. Romans chapter eight. I have two verses for you, um, or two passages for you regarding this topic or this point. Romans eight is the first one. Verses twelve and thirteen says, "Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it." For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. So this idea of dying to self, 
putting the flesh to death, is a work of the Spirit, is an empowerment of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And if you flip over to Galatians chapter 2, and just to show the interconnectedness of the, these, this series, I think Pete used this very verse last week when he preached on our identities as disciples of Jesus. So it has, you can see again, this kind of um, interconnectedness and dependence of each component on, on one another. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. The biggest way to kind of evaluate if we are have been, are being empowered by the Spirit to die to self is... To look at our yeses and our noes in our life. Are we saying no to things like personal comfort, to personal honor and glory and fame? Are we saying no to satisfying life pursuits? Are we saying no to sin? And then in our yeses, are we saying yes? to being uncomfortable for the sake of the gospel? Are we caring for others before ourselves? Are we saying yes to those opportunities when they arise? And are we saying yes to the lost instead of to the people that it's easy to be around? When we are empowered by the Spirit to die to self we will be saying yes to things that we would otherwise never be able to say yes to. We will look at people around us and instead of saying, oh, they're not part of my plan, they're not part of my choice of how I want to live, we are saying yes to being involved in their messy lives because they need Jesus. This is a, it's a, when we die to self, we're saying that everything that we, the hopes and dreams that we have in our flesh or apart from Christ are, are not as valuable as reaching those who don't know him. And that is a deeply uncomfortable place to be. And I think a lot of people who claim Christ, who call themselves Christians, try to have both. I know that it's, for me, it's constant struggle. I try, I look at my life and I say, here's what I want to accomplish. Here are the things that I want for my life. And, and we can sometimes ask God to just, you know, make that happen for us, right? We can say, here's the stuff that I want to see happen, God. Can you, it'd be great if you could work this out for me. And then I hear the gospel 
being preached and I hear that call or I hear that proclamation that I am a missionary, I am a sent one for the cause of Christ. And it doesn't play well with this list of stuff that I want to accomplish. It doesn't mesh well with these goals that I have. Or just like being comfortable, right? Just like finding things that make me happy. If we are empowered by the Spirit as missionaries, we are going to be saying no to self a lot. And they might not all be sinful things. We're definitely going to be saying no, and that's the implication of the flesh here. We're definitely going to be saying no to sin when we're empowered by the Spirit. But we're also going to be saying no to things that aren't inherently sinful, but pull us away from that mission. Do you guys understand that? Kind of see that they're not wrong in and of themselves. They're not, you know, sinful deeds. But there are things that distract from the mission. There are things that kind of create a comfortable space for us to exist, but close the door on the lost. And if we take this identity seriously, if we say, yes, I'm convinced that I am a missionary, that I am a sent one, our yeses and our noes are going to change on a daily basis. The people that we say yes to are not going to be the people that we would normally choose to be around. That we wouldn't normally pick as people that we're comfortable with. We're going to go wherever Jesus tells us to go. We're going to talk to whoever Jesus tells us to talk to. We're going to be in situations when we're interacting with people that we wouldn't normally interact with. People that are lost, that don't know Jesus and are drowning and they don't even know it. Our whole... The, 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 the landscape of our life is going to completely change when we die to self. In very practical ways and in how we... how our heart works, how our mind thinks about people and how our what our attitude is towards the things of the world that try and distract us. All that's going to change. And when I talked about earlier the, the common thread of prayer throughout all this, when we're empowered to die to self, our prayers are going to be prayers of humility we are going to constantly, daily, even more than daily, be saying to God, not my will, but yours. Not my desires, but yours. 
we are constantly going to be reminding ourselves, reminding each other when we pray for each other and pray on our own of the undeserved grace, the undeserved mercy that was so freely given to us. We are going to be thinking about the sacrifice of a perfect Jesus for our sin. Things that we don't always like to dwell on, but are required when we want to die to self. When we are led to die to self by the Spirit. Our prayers are going to be ones that are not asking God to to make our dreams come true, but where we're asking Him to push out those dreams sometimes. And those are hard prayers to pray. When we get to a point in our lives where we're saying, you know, all the things that I've hoped for in my life, all the things that I've desired in my life are nothing compared to this identity of who I am because of the gospel. That's hard to wrestle with. That's hard to accept. But if we have the Spirit, if we've submitted to the Spirit in our lives, we're going to be constantly being pushed towards dying to self, denying ourselves for that mission, for the cause of Christ. The second thing is... Spirit-empowered missionaries represent Christ in all of life. The first verse we're going to look at is Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And this is Jesus talking, and he says to his disciples, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. This verse gives us the how and the where of our our missionary identity. The how is through the power of the Holy Spirit. And the where is everywhere. It's everywhere we go. The the disciples that Jesus was talking to, they can't move forward as powerful witnesses without the power of the Spirit. When they receive the power of the Holy Spirit, that's when they go. That's when we go. We have the Holy Spirit. If we claim Christ, if we are in Christ, we have the Holy Spirit. But whether or not we've submitted to the Spirit in our lives is often another question. The second verse I want to look at, verses is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, uh, verses 18 to 20. In verse 18 it says, All this is from God, 
who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. So Paul's not speaking to a room full of seminary students here. He's not speaking to people who are going on to full-time Christian ministry as pastors or whatever. He's talking to all who claim Christ. And he's saying ambassadors are always representing and it's every one of us that are representing Christ. That's what an ambassador does. In In the political sense, an ambassador is somebody who represents someone with greater power. You know, maybe it's an, a president in a political sense. Their words and their actions are on behalf of that more powerful person. And we are ambassadors. We are representatives of Christ. We are always representing Jesus. It's not something that we get to compartmentalize. We try to. I try to. Right? Where we, you know, we kind of go into situations and we'll say, okay, I'm putting on my missionary hat now and I'm gonna, I'm gonna do missionary things. But then if maybe we're in a rush and it's, the traffic's bad, we're like, okay, now's not the time to be a missionary. I'm gonna be myself, right? I'm taking the missionary hat off. That's, you know, for me, those are the kind of daily struggles that I have, where I, I'm like, okay, I, I'll be a missionary here when it's convenient, when it's easy, when I feel called to do it or led to do it. But when I want some me time or I want to act how I want to act or I want to speak how I want to speak, then the missionary stuff gets put to the side. Does that make sense? The truth is, we don't really want to be ambassadors all the time. We want to be ambassadors when maybe it's rewarding, maybe it's easy, maybe when we feel like it. That's why we need the Spirit's power. Because if I chose when to be an ambassador, maybe I'm an ambassador a couple times a week, if that. But if the Spirit is empowering me to be an ambassador, I'm representing Christ wherever I go. If I'm walking into Wawa, or if I'm walking in to cultivate, if I'm in uh, at a, a gathering of people who are majority unbelievers versus in a setting with mostly believers... I don't get to choose when I'm an ambassador. I don't get to choose when I represent Christ. 
when I'm empowered by the Spirit. If we are praying through this issue, this identity, we're going to pray things like, send me wherever you want to send me. I'll talk to whoever you want me to talk to, which for me is personally is difficult. I'm not, you know, there's some of us that are just would talk to anyone, right? Some of you that, you know, you put you in a room full of people and you're fine. You're, my wife is like that. This could be a, her and a hundred strangers and she'll have 20 new friends at the end of the, maybe 99 new friends. At the, and it's, but I'm intimidated by that. Like that prayer, send me wherever you want, want me to go. I'll talk to whoever you want me to talk to. That intimidates me. We're going to be praying things like, open my eyes to the harvest. Which means, God, show me the people that you have, that you want to hear the gospel today. And when we pray stuff like this, God doesn't really take his time in answering them, I've learned. Like, you might get immediate answers. And we're like, whoa, wait, i got to pray some more about this to make sure. No. <laughs> no. God's saying, okay, here you go. There's the harvest right there. Talk to that person. Tell them about Jesus. That's scary to me. I don't know if it is to you. That's scary to me. And we're going to pray things like, give me the words to say, because I don't know what to say. We're going to pray things like, what I pray, like if I start talking to somebody, I'm going to put my foot in my mouth. I'm going to say something dumb. Holy Spirit, speak through me. And again, goes back to dying to self. This is going to change our, our daily agenda, right? Our daily to-do list. It's going to shape who we interact with, who we show love to, who we are compassionate to, where we go physically, where we go. Those things are going to change. And with the Spirit's power, we will grow to be okay with those things. It, it, might, it will be difficult. At first, it will be to live in this kind of being led by the Spirit in a moment-by-moment basis. It's very uncomfortable. Our flesh doesn't like it. Flesh resists it. But when we start to see people added to the kingdom because we were obedient and we were faithful and we listened to the Spirit, the joy that comes from that, I think, would surpass anything, any of that uncomfortable feeling about stepping out of our, you know, kind of preset to-do list of life. It's all the time. It's everywhere. It's everyone. And 
We have to be okay with that way of life. The third thing is, again, for me, for talking about personality types, spirit-empowered missionaries are bold. I wouldn't, personality types, maybe some of you would describe yourselves as bold. Maybe some of us here would not, myself included, would not describe ourselves as bold. This is personality types aside, spirit-empowered boldness. And I'll give you a little background on this passage in Acts chapter 4. If you want to turn there, you can kind of follow along if you want. So, Peter and John um, are, have healed somebody. And Peter has healed someone. And they are proclaiming Christ. They are claiming the gospel. Proclaiming the gospel. They are acknowledging that their power to heal and their power to preach the gospel is from God and in the name of Jesus. And so they're arrested. And they're taken before some Jewish religious leaders and... They're kind of challenged, like, what name are you preaching and teaching and doing these things? And they say, Jesus. We are doing this in the name of Jesus. And they speak before these elders. The elders kind of go back and forth. And the elders come back to them and say, hey, listen, look. Don't, we saw what you did. Just don't mention Jesus anymore. All right? Don't, not, no more of this Jesus stuff. Peter and John say, no, nah, we can't do that. So they get threatened. We don't know exactly what their threats are, but I'm sure they're more jail, punishment, beatings, whatever. That's kind of their course of action at this time. And then so they go back to their friends, Peter and John. They hear this from the religious leaders. And the religious leaders are threatening them and saying, don't mention Jesus anymore. We don't want to hear his name. We don't want you claiming this power from God. It's not true or it's whatever their motivation is. It was threatening to them. So it's just, for a human, a scary situation when people of authority are threatening you. So they go back to their friends and they tell them what these religious leaders said. And their friends, that immediately they hear this and they pray. And in verse 29, they've, this is kind of part way through their prayer. Verse 29 says, Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. When we're faced with threats, and I'm guessing that most of us probably haven't been faced with threats in the sense that in the same way that Peter and John and these disciples have. But when we are intimidated from sharing our faith, for whatever reason, maybe it's ourselves who are 
doing the intimidation, you know, kind of talking ourselves out of it. Or maybe we feel scared. Maybe we feel reluctant. Those are the things that the natural man, the natural person kind of backs away from, right, when we feel intimidated. We don't go running into those situations. At least I don't. We don't go looking for those situations. We try to avoid them. But what, look at this prayer. The prayer is not, Lord, make, the, make this easier. We just, you know, this is really difficult. Can you just change the circumstances so that we're not getting this resistance? Is that what they're praying? No, they're saying, give us boldness. We're going to keep proclaiming Christ. Help us to do it. We're going to stand in the face of opposition and fear and worry and anxiety and we're going to still proclaim Christ. We're going to still work to heal those, to serve those, to use where we're gifted to proclaim the gospel. And when we submit ourselves to the Holy Spirit, this boldness will come, whether you are a bold personality type or not. You will be able to move forward in what you're called to do. We will be able to move forward together in what we're called to do. Our prayer through this should be, Father, increase our faith. Help us to trust you that no matter what the world does to us, we will still proclaim Christ. We will still proclaim the good news. We will still seek the lost and bring glory to God publicly and loudly when we do it. We'll pray things like, help us to see the result of salvation and not the obstacle in front of us. We'll pray that the Spirit gives us clarity of what we're really part of. The and things that will become clear in our lives is we'll begin to see how lost everybody is around us and how the how important, like essential it is that they hear this truth, that they might not get another chance. That's what it means to be bold in the Spirit. We're not going to say, oh, there's a better time to do this. I, I, I really need, I need to talk it over with some people before I do this. We're going to proclaim Christ in the moment when we're called to do it. And in bold ways, we're not going to like beat around the bush and, and kind of hint at what we're talking about. We're going to proclaim Christ. And some people are going to say, that's ridiculous. I don't want to hear it. But others are going to say, that 
is exactly what I needed to hear. Thank you for telling me. And just think if, like think back, we've, we all have different circumstances on how we've come to Christ. Some of us, like myself, I grew up in a Christian household. The, the name of Jesus was, it was spoken often. My parents, my grandparents, all Christians. But I still needed someone to tell me to preach the word, the good news, and tell me and call me into repentance. Some of you, like if we think about that moment that we heard the gospel and how it just changed our lives completely and utterly and we understood our sin, but then we saw the grace and the forgiveness. And if we could do that for somebody else, if we could be that person, be that voice for someone else, why would we avoid it? And those are the things that the Spirit enables us to see, empowers us to see. We see through our the obstacle of the un- uncomfortable potential in having these conversations and we see the result of a person coming to faith in Jesus and their lives being changed and what a joy it is for us to be part of it to for God to use us in that way again all these things require a a deep and sincere prayer life. A constant listening and speaking with God. A submission to the Holy Spirit. And like I said before, this is not, you know, do a better job at dying to yourself. Be a better ambassador. Try and develop habits that make you more bold. Try and push through, just, you know, willpower through this, muscle through it. That's not what I'm saying. I'm, if anything, I'm just calling us all to submit to the Spirit now and ask that these things be evident in our lives, that we are able to die to self, that through His power we're able to be good ambassadors, good representatives, and that we're supernaturally compelled into boldness because of we've said no to taking control over our lives and giving it over to the Spirit. That's what I'm calling us all to, myself and you, is submission to the Spirit and His resulting filling and anointing as He sees fit to empower us. So let's pray. Father, I confess that I don't submit to your spirit. Lord, convict 
me convict anyone in this room that needs to that sees these things and maybe it's not a reality right now in our lives, Lord. I just pray that you would help us to submit. That we would be so captured by who you are and your love and your grace and your mercy and your righteousness that we would be so convinced of those truths that We submit our hearts, we submit our will, we submit our plans, we submit our future, we submit our relationships to you. Lord, we ask, Holy Spirit, please empower us to be missionaries, to be people who proclaim the good news in every area of life. Lord, help us to be good representatives. We ask that you would use each one here who claims Christ, who is in Christ this morning. We ask, Lord, that you would use each one of us to bring many to the kingdom. Not for our glory, not for our fame, but for your glory and to fulfill the great commission that Jesus gave us. Lord, I I just pray these things. We ask, Holy Spirit, come and make your power known in ways that we've never experienced before. Help us to know that you are worth trusting with everything so that we can move forward in this identity of missionary. And we could not even think to ask these things if it were not for the death and resurrection of Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen.